And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Wendy Rose Williams, who has previously been on the podcast to talk about her two near-death experiences, guardian angels, guides, and more. Today, she returns to talk about how she channels Mary Magdalene. Wendy, thank you for joining me and welcome back. Oh, Jeff, it's my pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. I don't even know if we even talked about your channeling the last two times you've been here. When did this start? It started when a spiritual teacher and then various psychic friends started telling me, oh my goodness, did you know you're supposed to be a channel? And I'm kind of looking at them thinking, I'm not really sure I know what you're talking about. (laughs) And then as it started getting more and more specific, as I began working with a spiritual teacher, she was able to see that I had a soul contract, meaning I had made an agreement before I was born. And who I was to channel was a huge surprise to me. And Jeff, I'll be honest, it was too much for me. I didn't, I was reticent to step to the plate. I thought that's too big. I don't want to do it wrong because the three uh, individuals that I have the privilege of channeling are Mary Magdalene, Mother Mary, and Yeshua Ben Joseph, who became known as Jesus. And it's like, oh my goodness, could I not have like some obscure river god? (laughs) Because my ego wasn't, my self-confidence wasn't quite um, centered enough or big enough for that. Because as I said, I really wanted to do it well. I really wanted to do it right. Usually when we hear ego, we think, oh, too much ego, out of control ego. But your ego has to be balanced in both directions. It's, you know, it's your self-confidence too. So what I did was I went for formal training because I thought, my goodness, if I have the privilege of doing this, and it was quite a journey. It took several years to realize I really was meant to do it um, and to go, go get that training. I found the perfect person. And the training, to my surprise, I didn't know what it was going to be like to formally train to become a channel. I was thinking maybe she does some channeling, gives me some coaching, and then I do some channeling and she corrects me. I don't know how this is supposed to go. You know, what's what's the teaching methodology with this? Instead, we spent two years doing healings for me and balancing my ego. Uh, because again, I was just, I was too reticent with it. And that led to a lot of health issues because I wasn't stepping to the plate and doing the channeling, which again, I had a contract to do and was supposed to be doing. So that's how it started coming up. Well, that's fascinating that you said that you were balancing your ego. In what way was it out of balance? The ways that it was out of balance, I was petrified of public speaking where I could not see the audience. And that meant I couldn't fulfill my purpose because I was meant to be able to do podcasts. I was meant to be able to do radio or whatever other things that spirit brought up and wanted to um, use me to to be in service. I was always fine, you know, one-on-one, groups, face-to-face, phone-to-phone, but, What came up was a plethora 
of past lives where I had been harmed, threatened, tortured, imprisoned, killed, you name it, uh, tough outcomes for speaking my truth, for being an oracle, for being a channel, for being a spiritual teacher. And also my family had been harmed multiple times to try and get me to not do this sort of work. So that's what was stuck. And I actually developed uh, throat issues. Some people lose their voice when you're going through this sort of a, a cleansing process and healing it. And I did the opposite. I ended up with this big uh, thyroid nodule, which was the pent up energy from not channeling and not speaking. You mentioned that you were going to be not in front of an audience. So does that mean that you are trans channeling? That's a great question. Um, I do a combination. Often when I start the channeling, um, I am doing it as a conscious channel. And that's why your ego has to be especially balanced. So you're not filtering or giving the message the way you want to or think will be more pleasing or for any sort of agenda. So I can do conscious channeling where I, by agreement, I'm moving partially out of my body and inviting Magdalene in and to speak and giving her the use of my voice box and, and my energy to speak from my heart on her behalf. But it often, as it progresses, it um, it's subtle, but you may notice you may notice the energy change. You may notice the voice change. My voice gets, uh, because I've heard the recordings and have been surprised. And I'm like, oh my goodness, my voice gets um, sweeter, slower, kinder, wiser. It's an ascended master speaking. So there's subtle changes like that. Do you have to go through some type of procedure to be able to do it, like meditate first or something? That's a great question too. Um, it I used to have to go through a much bigger process, but because I meditate so often and because I, I have a spiritual practice every day, at this point, it can be uh, pretty much instantaneous. For instance, I can be having a conversation with someone one-on-one, -on -one, either in person or on the phone, and all of a sudden, something will just pop out of my mouth that's rather wise, profound, loving, so to the point. And I just kind of go, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Magdalene. I know who it is. I know the different energies. And I, you know, didn't know that that was going to happen. Um, so it can be, it can be spontaneous like that too. What are some of the most profound things that you've ever heard Mary channel through you? Some of the biggest surprises have been the specifics about her life, because I'm not a biblical scholar. I mean, certainly I went to Sunday school as a church and would describe myself as being sort of a, a casual Christian, certainly believe in God, believe uh, Yeshua, believe Jesus was his son, and that he came to deliver a message of love uh, and that God is love. But it didn't go a lot, a lot further than that. And I'll, I'll tell you the truth, and it's a painful truth. I was brought up to believe that Mary Magdalene was a penitent whore. 
And nothing could be further from the truth. So that was part of my reticence too. And I also could sense as I started working with her, I could sense so much victim energy, so much martyrdom energy. It's like, this is not comfortable. You know, do I really want to get involved with this? Am I really meant to balance this up and help with this and lift this up? Um, so that was that was part of the my hesitation also. If you're okay with it, would you like to channel for us now? Absolutely. Hello, Jeff. We are ready. We're going to have Wendy keep her eyes closed. She can do it eyes open, but it is more confusing to people um, who they're speaking with. So we'll just simply have her keep her eyes closed. We're ready. Mary, thank you for joining us. How did you locate Wendy to be a vessel for your channeling? Well, that was very easy because we worked together on the other side before she was born. And because she has a past life as me, which some channels certainly do, but not all. It's not necessary uh, to have a past life as me to be a wonderful channel for me. But that made it that made it easier because we are more intimately involved. Can you explain a little more about how Wendy had a past life as you? Yes. So the concept is that our souls are eternal. Certainly, we can stay at home. We can stay at home with God, with the light, with the divine, whatever your belief system is. But when we do that, we are not progressing as rapidly as possible as a soul. So most souls choose to incarnate many times, many places, many dimensions, can be on earth, uh, on other planets, can be in other dimensions such as the fairy kingdom, uh, just anything, anything you can think of and anything you haven't thought of yet. So um, there's just that, that cycle of, of reincarnation going on. All right, here's the question that probably everybody wants to know, and that is, were you and Jesus actually married? In my timeline, when, when Wendy was living and chose to take on that challenging role as Mary Magdalene, yes, uh, she was married to Yeshua. And I'd like to make the distinction. Think of these perhaps as play runs, uh, these lifetimes, these timelines that repeat. So you're probably familiar with A Star is Born. That is the most remade um, movie uh, in Hollywood. I believe it's been made five times with different people starring in it. So different people have chosen to be Magdalene. So there are many timelines um, of that story of Yeshua ben Joseph and all the players in his in his life, and, and there's subtle differences in them. So we're going to speak specifically of Wendy's memories as me, as Magdalene. Is it possible then that in one of my own timelines, I could have also been Jesus? Absolutely. Yes. And it is never a competition. People get confused and think, uh, we'll take the example of Marilyn Monroe. 
there are many people who recall a lifetime as Marilyn Monroe. And it's not required that they look like her now or that they have her acting, singing, dancing ability. It's there's there's a resonance from it, there's an energy from it, and there are going to be synchronicities. Most people simply know. Doesn't mean they ever speak about it publicly. And honestly, the more well known the life is, the harder it is to speak about a past life as a famous individual, historic figure, biblical figure, because the stakes get higher because you just attract a lot of opinions. Um, and if you're on a life path to let go of what other people think, which is the life path 33, guess what life path Wendy is on? Uh, <laughs> um, a lot of these big ones tend to come up because that's where her soul needs to progress, to know her own truth, know her own discernment, follow her own heart, and not need to uh, prove anything to anyone, and to also not be taken down by opinions that are sometimes very kindly shared and other times not. You mentioned the number 33, and I think that number is also big with masonry is there any connection between the two with with the masons i'm not aware of that you may very well be right but 33 is also known as the jesus number and because he was 33 when he uh chose to um go to the cross Mother Mary is also coming in. His mother is here, so she may have some things to uh, say also. I don't know if you can see it on camera, um, but Mother Mary's energy signature, the way it shows up in Wendy, there's a single tear that comes down from her, her right eye, which she cannot control, and that is Mother Mary arriving. So um, she's also happy to answer questions for the audience or about her son's life. Mother Mary, was Jesus's conception immaculate or natural? It was immaculate. I trained for many, many lifetimes, as did my mother before me, uh, Anna, uh, Jesus's grandmother. Our family knew how to do immaculate conception. It is done by raising your vibration to a very high state while still being able to stay tethered to the human body. Yes, it was. It truly was an immaculate conception. I am forever grateful to Joseph for having married what looked like a wayward um, <laughs> young, young girl who was pregnant and not married. Let me tell you, that was not looked on kindly in our time. And he was a wonderful earthly father uh, to and for um, Yeshua and wonderful husband to me and just forever grateful uh, to Joseph. Is it true that you had a sister that also had a child through Immaculate Conception? I'm searching. Okay, this is interesting because sometimes uh, information will come through um, that, that Wendy doesn't know, it comes through as a pure trance channeling. Um, 
I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, she, I can't answer that question for you. It may be true, uh, but that one she needs to know. She needs to know consciously and she simply doesn't know. Okay, I'm telling her to back up the bus. She can simply ask me. So Wendy's asking Mother Mary, was that true? Yes, it is. Jeff, it's true because of the family um, lineage, why that was why that was possible. And Anna, um, Jesus's grandmother, she lived for hundreds of years in that one uh, human human body. There was much, much um, going on um, in that family that was quite remarkable uh, to be able to birth uh, the Son of God. Where and what was Jesus doing for the first 30 years of his life? He was doing uh, uh, incredible amounts of studying, learning, traveling, having experiences. Because yes, there were those missing years um, where it's not known uh, where he was after the early, early teen years. There is public record of him just astonishing um, those in the 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 um, in in the temples with his knowledge and his comprehension and understanding and the depth of purity that he would bring um, as as they were reading scrolls and and studying things things that you would not expect a young teen boy to know. Um, so kind of the record kind of stops at that point. And then is quiet until he reappears back on the stage around the age of 30. And that's because he was traveling. He traveled to Egypt and was studying and learning so many things about working with energy in a body. He was learning healing techniques while being in a human body and being able to channel and, and bring forward that healing. Uh, he did the same thing in India. Uh, he traveled to many places, and that's why there's part of this record and this interest, even though people may not be, quote, Jewish, may not be Christian, may not be Catholic, please let go of those labels, uh, because they're, they're, they're limiting for uh, this, this conversation. Um, so he was traveling many places uh, and, and just preparing to step on to the world stage, which he would begin to do with the healings, with the miracles, with the with the um, public speaking that he would do. After Jesus was taken down from the cross, did you and Mary Magdalene leave Israel and go somewhere else? We did. It wasn't. It was not safe for us to be there because of our association. It was not known that um, Magdalene was Yeshua's wife. We purposefully kept that very quiet for her safety and for their children's safety. Um, but we were there at the cross because we helped get him home. We helped him travel back to his father. And there was a Interestingly, there was a bit of a family argument going on because he wanted to die fully conscious. And as his mother and as his wife, I cannot tell you what that was like to endure. So we were working to convince him 
this does not need to be a three-day process, which is what it normally took to die on the cross. It was very slow torture. It was a very slow suffocation type of death. So we were working to uh, convince him that he could do everything he came to do and wanted to do to assist mankind and go on up to the light. So his body was taken down and was put in the tomb, um, as you know, and uh, that is that is um, the, the the story of of Good Friday, of Easter, of of him of him being risen. Um, those stories. Um, are are essentially correct. Will Jesus be returning anytime soon? He already has. He said, and that is quoted correctly in the Bible in multiple places, anything that I can do, you are capable of doing that and more. Meaning we all have that, that energy within us, the return of Christ, it's the Christ consciousness that is talked about and he's here within within all of us encouraging us supporting us loving us he's here as a world teacher and that he's helping everyone rise up and that is why so many people are able to sense his energy and are shocked and surprised and it does not matter what religion they are. It does not matter where they live. It does not matter whether they're even aware of who he was and what he did when he walked the earth 2,000 plus years ago. He's a world teacher. He has such a gentle yet unique yet strong energy. It's such a balanced, beautiful, balanced masculine and feminine energy within him because the divine masculine is not about might. It is not about weapons. It is not about war. It is not about overcoming. It is quite the opposite. It is about being loving and peaceful and kind and being vulnerable and centered and helping others. Uh, Yeshua loved to heal animals. He healed animals as often as he healed people. Are you currently working with archangels? Absolutely. Um, we we are the what would you consider the ascended masters, uh, meaning those who did uh, choose a life or lives on earth and then and then um, have ascended um, from that. Um, absolutely uh, work with the angels, work with the archangels. We work with pan and the nature spirits we obviously work with with um, god and i i like to use the term mother father god because again it can be made in many religions or societies of this just male um, patriarch and and that's become a bit uncomfortable so again there's that more balanced energy so it's it's however you relate to it there's no one Way. It's what lifts you up. It's what makes you feel happy, peaceful, loving, supported, the best of you. Have your own personal relationship with the divine. And please don't let anyone tell you how to do it or that you're doing it wrong. There's so much guilt. There's so much shame 
it is low vibration energy that we're able to, at this point, start to just sweep to the left. The left represents the past. In fact, I'm bringing in a waterfall now. Uh, guilt and shame that do not serve people. Um, please, let's just let that um, be washed away because it's time to it's time to uh, rise up into those higher vibrational energies. Why do so many people suffer, and especially Wendy, who has suffered lifetime after lifetime? Let's rephrase that. Pain, who, who said, there's a great quote, pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. Suffering is getting stuck in the pain and letting it lower your vibration, lower and lower and lower. We absolutely can find ways to learn from what was a painful experience, whether it was physically, emotionally, mentally, financially, whatever way something was painful. And we can find ways to not get stuck in this martyrdom, this victimhood of, oh, the worst things always happen to me. Oh, I know it's never going to get any better. Well, if you understand the law of attraction, if you feel that and you're expressing that and you're saying that and expecting that, what do you think you're going to get is the outcome? Because you're powerful. You are such